Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. Boys! Get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, I went into to play for a team called... Um, the name escaped me. Obviously, sharing's always a big issue, a big issue for, for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. It's taken us like a win lead. Um, a bit of a nice player yeah. sort of one. I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the great cricketer. Today, first and foremost, we're talking to Tim Bresman, one of the very best friends of the show, to tell us about how bad Australia are going and how good England are going. And let me tell you, they're going pretty good. Australia, on the other hand, not going so good. One loss will change it all. And indeed it has. Or is exactly the same? I'm not sure. We're talking the Quinton the Cock thing. We're talking the Ashes. Unfortunately, we've lost three baggy greens this week alone. TGC's visceral Miller's minutes as well. Georgia Wareham, bad news there, out for everything for the next year. That's all before we get into hashtag RCDSC. Of course, there's some other stuff going on. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, as they all are. BudgieSmuggler.com. Use the code CHAMP at checkout and watch that magic happen, baby. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry sits across from me. And in many ways, I am sitting across from him. Hi, Sam. Hi, Ian. I know that what I'm about to say often leaves you feeling a bit uncomfortable, but how's the salad on it? Salad, what a time to be alive. Your salad looks good. Thanks, your shirt mate. looks good. Summer's around the corner here in Melbourne for a couple of days. That's right. And then you'll be punished because it will rain for a little while. Punished. punished. But you look good heading into summer. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Well, the, and yeah, we are, yeah, yes. You're, you're rubbing the back of your neck as I say that. And that's good. That also yeah. shows humility. Well, I've got lavender oil on my ah, back. Lavender oil. <laughs> a couple of drinks of Savo, apparently. Well, we are broadcasting live from the freedom capital of Australia and indeed the world. A couple of questions came in from Pe- uh, came in from Patreon, Pez, and um, I thought it'd be a nice place to start. Uh, Greg McLeod wrote him. He said, boys, just listen to pod 175, that was last week's episode, and you're talking about Kit. Not long ago, a friend of mine gave me a pair of his gloves. I won't name him, but this friend played IPL, County Championship, and for England at various times. All right. The gloves looked amazing. They had extra protection in the fingers. They looked test standard. I couldn't wait to use them. They were dog shit. <laughs> After one game where I batted it at eight for all three deliveries, the thumb fell apart and the palm ripped, probably from my gripping the bat so tightly in fear. <laughs> I never used them again. They ended up in the bin. Thanks for nothing, mate. 
Now, of course, that story is really about that Greg has got a friend who played in the IPL and for England. That's what the story is really about. When when this happens, and uh, like we are actually sort of quite regular exponents of this, but uh, you know we're hinting at a name of somebody, but we won't say who it is. Yeah. We obviously want to start looking some shit up. Let's call him Dan Brodman. Well, oh, did he mention that in the in the no. thing? right? No. But uh, Dan Brodman did not play in the IPL. Well, I looked up Greg McLeod in England. Okay. And uh, I hope I've landed on the right one. There's quite a few. But um, mm. there's a Greg McLeod who plays in Kent for, I think, Cropwell. And, uh, Kent like, of a club. Play cricket gives you some pretty serious stats. Yeah, it does, yeah. So, you see my stats? No. In 192 <laughs> games, he's hit 880 runs, high score of 32, an average of 7.59. Wow. Zero fifty zero hundreds. Wow. Good bowler, though. Um, a lot of wickets and at twenty three and sure, like but the batting, but the he's batting. been bowled forty five percent of the time. Fucking hell, <laughs> just hit those pegs. But um, if that's the right, and it could be the wrong, Greg McLeod. But then yeah. I'm thinking about who's a Kent player who's played in the IPL. Uh, oh, so Bill Billings, Bo. yeah. Also, Joe Denley played in the IPL. JD, yeah, KKR, twenty nineteen. Uh huh. I don't know uh-huh, who it is. Uh-huh. I'm also thinking I've never known of gloves falling apart. Falling apart. That's a, that's a stitching issue. Yeah. I used That's Dean a Jones. Up. Dean Jones gave me his gloves when I was eight, and I used we, them. Have we spoken about we this? We talked about it. Okay, they went I up to my everything. wrist. But the, the, by course. the end, there were holes through them. But yeah, that, yeah. I did use them for like four or five years. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Dean Jones's gloves. Exactly. You still got them? Uh, I don't, no. I'm <sighs> bad with possessions. Yeah, I regret it. No, it we're reflects, all it reflects badly on me. I we're gave one of them to a friend for his 16th birthday. Now, as you get older, you you hang on to things because you cherish them. Like yeah. my, my, so my dad, for instance, is a hoarder. Like just the the things that are, I, I'm talking yeah. receipts from like a you know going to the Amsterdam brewery in 1971. Now to be hey, fair, that's hell, hell of a trip. Yeah, that I'd was love a to hell, see that receipt. Tri- hell of a trip. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd love to see that receipt. Says Sam working for the fucking ATO. Um, <laughs> <laughs> few a few uh, discrepancies. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but even like Dean Jones's gloves. Like today, if I had something like that, like a, a former legend, Hall of Famer's gloves yeah. or, or anything like that, you'd be keeping that for life. But yeah. at 16, you're like, nah, well, the, I, that there are holes in them. I don't need them anymore. Yeah. It's a yeah. minimalist society we live in. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, Do I regret, something with that, mate. I, no, I regret it. I made a big mistake giving it away, leaving mm. it to have holes in it, mm. f- losing the other one. Reflects on uh, uh, just a, someone who's bad with possessions. One That's mistake it. here, boys. Yeah, no, multiple. One mistake. <laughs> multiple. Multiple mistakes mm. here, boys. Did it repetitively. Uh, well, maybe this has just brought an idea in my mind that maybe we should ask people to write in for next week's intro question. Uh, if you've got some random kit of someone's mm. and you've held on to it or you gave in some, or you've given, mm. you've, you've Roy given some away, um, you've given some away, then, uh, then let us know. Hit the DMs, yeah. hit the email. If there's, a, if there's a good story behind it, that'd be preferable. Not just, well, I, you know, I have some memorabilia and I bought it. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I, I got it for seven fifty. It's actually worth uh, one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, Mick wrote in. Now, obviously, now I want to thank everyone who's left light, left nice messages for uh, for us uh, after the Stoinis interview um, that we uh, that we dropped midway through last week. Sort of came together quite quickly, but uh, but yeah, he was in great form as he always is, and uh, gave us thirty three minutes of his wonderful time. So thank you very much to all the nice people who listened to it and, uh, and gave us some nice feedback on that. But he said, uh, Mick said, uh, hey boys, just an FYI, tanning and tanner means rooting in Perth. So by calling Big Puppy main tanner, he is the main rooter. 
And I think this is a fair statement, as I reckon the big kahunas had more tans than I've had hot dinners. That is all. Well, firstly, far be it for us to comment on how many times Marcus Stoinis has had a root. Or Perth lexicon. Well, (laughs) it seems like reasonable logic to me. But um, it was Steve Smith who coined the main tanner. And I look, I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure Smudge is laying down Perth slang (laughs) for an obscure angle about Marcus Stoinis. I don't think, you know, Steve Smith's sort of snickering into his Instagram going, what I'm really saying is it Stoinis chops deluxe. (laughs) And I'm going to use Perth lexicon to yeah, convey that. I think yeah. he just is, I think it's Steve Smith, and he's going, mm. oh, there's some sun on Marcus Stoinis. He's yeah. the main tanner. Bit of sun. Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> main tanner. <laughs> okay, let's get into the T20 World Cup, Pez. Of course, if you want to get the audio, if you just listen to TGC through your ears and you don't watch our shit on YouTube, then you can get audio for all the stuff we put on YouTube, which is essentially daily. This week alone, we've got 10 recordings to do uh, for the World Cup and all of those uh, those videos after the England, Australia and India games. You can get them exclusively at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. It works out to be about a dollar a week, I think it is. Uh, five bucks a month or ten bucks a month, whatever you want to do. But it's patreon.com forward slash great cricket. The T20 World Cup Australia got fucking pumped by England. Um, but it was a good toss. It was a good toss to win for yeah. England. Um, and they sort of, they sort of, you know, used the conditions quite well. And then, mm. and then in the sort of 15 minute change of innings period, um, it actually got quite flat. Yeah. And, uh, just dewy as well. Yeah, a little so bit, a little bit, the dew came it's in. hard with the dew. <laughs> 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 so. Um, I don't know when people are going to listen to this. I know people listen to it different times of the week and, and, and whatnot. But, so anything could have happened by the time we listen to this, but it feels like now South Africa, the South Africa game for Australia was even more fucking so important for the group as a whole because if that was a loss, that means they wouldn't have chased 118 or whatever. They got smashed by England. Now, of course, that's not fair because they did. They did beat South Africa. They won. They won the game. And... and it was come from behind in many ways and they won the game and they're on four points and they're probably going to make the semifinals. They just need to get probably one more win. Yeah, they need to, they need to beat the two teams that recently beat them 4-1. <laughs> in a one-off game. And in a one-off game. <laughs> and yeah, we'll expect to win that game because mm-hmm. we're Australia. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Green and gold. Green and gold. Recognise the players' won names. Won some ODI World Cups. So that's nice players. Yeah, names. we've won some ODI World Cups. <laughs> start with, start with yeah. a sort of border. Yeah. Uh, then Steve Warrior. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're so good, Tugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this, the way we're talking is all legacy stuff, you know? Yeah. And that feels a little bit how Australia have approached their white ball program since 2015 when they won the 50 over World Cup. And since then. Australia have got multiple beatings by uh, an England team that have advanced the white ball game beyond anything I think that I've seen in my lifetime. How, like, you know, like in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s, like 270 was a good 50 over score. And now it's like over the space of the next 10 years, it was kind of like, no, you need sort of 320. This, this has gone from like 2015, how Australia won that World Cup, to the 2019 World Cup where England's like, now we're going to try and score 500. The acceleration of their white ball program, what they've done for the game, mm. is incredible. And they are, uh, they, they are head and shoulders above Australia. And you think about uh, what year was it? It was just after Sandpaper when Australia went to England and had that white ball series. And, okay, it, w- it, it wouldn't have been Australia's um, 
you know, for, wouldn't be there weren't many first names on the team sheet for that game, but England hit 480, didn't they? Yeah, against us at, that's right. at Trent Bridge. Then they fucking smashed us in the World Cup semi final. Okay, we won a game in the group stage there, and now two years again. So that's now three times in about four years, three years. We have been absolutely demolished by England, and it's a bit like, well, none of those games happened in Australia, so I don't really care. <laughs> Thoughts? Oh, well. It's not England. Like, England are flying. England are perfect. Yeah. They deserve it. They have every base covered. They have a philosophy, mm-hmm. methodology. They yeah. have harmony. They have leadership. They're talking about unifying belts. Yeah. We're talking about the role of Mitch Marsh. Yeah. You know? I don't like that England plays alpha white ball cricket it's more alpha, alpha white than ball us. Cricket. Yep. It is. We're meant to be the out. We're meant to be aggressive and attacking and New South Wales and pushing the game forward and all that sort of shit. I England's like meant to be beat a cuck, limp wrist, mm. you know, mm. but not they're, not, they're not, this is Royal Commission shit. You know, if only Australia had access, he goes, if only Australia had access to the architect mm. of England's white ball supremacy, if only, uh. if only we had our own Trevor Bayliss and he was free. <laughs> but we don't. Yeah, but we and don't. he's not. But we don't and he's not. Uh, Australia is a super group. With white ball cricket, yep. you know, we've got a couple of guys from successful bands. Mm-hmm. They occasionally come together, all good players. Sometimes they riff, sometimes a good solo. But the band lacks its own sound. It doesn't have a soul, you yeah. know, and, and, and the listeners can hear that. Mm-hmm. No uh, soul. People come and watch, but then they're not a team. They're not a team, this white ball. They're, they're a conglomerate. They, they're, they're, not, they're not a team because they never play together. Mate, in, in Australian men's cricket, like in business and commercial terms, it basically feels like there's two or three series or tournaments that matter. Ashes at home, India at home, and everyone being blobbies while the BBL's on. Yeah. You know, get that right. The business model works. Like, this is the content that pays the bills of the business. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a bit of an obligation. I feel, feel like that's how we've treated white ball cricket. Yeah. Uh, and compared to other nations, when we go up, come up against the big boys, it shows. Like, the mate, you remember p- playing PGs? This is a bit of a Sydney grade cricket thing. I remember. Thing. Poor different grade, under 21 competition. You played it on a Sunday after Saturday cricket. You, you you turn up, you're hungover. Oh yeah, uh, you, you're possibly still drunk, and yeah, like yeah, you got you got a couple of first graders in your side, so that means you should be good. Yeah. Maybe you do something, but basically you're drunk. The main cricket was yesterday. If you do good, you do good. Usually you don't. The other team's more serious than you, mm-hmm. and it's all a bit of an afterthought. And I feel like that's it. That's a bit of white ball cricket for yeah. Australia. It's like oh no, but there's good players. They can paper over some cracks with some shit. Yep. And you got other teams like England. You know they are they're harmony. The the nature of this defeat. In the context of just a game by game thing, it's like okay, we're 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 two wins from three, no dramas. Yeah. West Indies, Bangladesh, one one win, two wins yeah. definitely does it. One win probably does it. Get into the semi final, we'll have a look. We'll have exactly we'll have the, a look. The <laughs> I'll have a look at a semi final. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, though. It's fucking. That's what yeah. cricket is in this country. It's breeze, it's background. Yeah. Who's yeah. playing? What is yeah. it? Nah, give me a semi final. I'll have a look. Have a look. I'll have a look at it. Um, I'd have a go at it. No, I won't have a go. I'll have yeah. a look. I'm going to go to semi. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. But um, the like T20 cricket is taken so um, lightly in Australia and it's so difficult to understand why that is in the context of like how everyone else sees it and especially India where like 99.8% of the money in global cricket is and like it's the future of it and the IPL is only going to get bigger. More teams are coming into it. Mm. That'll go for a longer period. More players are going to choose that over playing for their country and Australia's attitude to white ball cricket not just T20 cricket but white ball cricket basically since we won the thing in 2015 is like 
I don't really care about it. To your point, there's like there's basically like two series that we care about. Um, unless and, it's at home. Um, yeah, unless it's at home. Yeah, mate. Why don't we care? Like, like, what, what, where's the T Twenty snobbery come from? Is it is it hit and giggle mentality? Is it Andrew Johns playing for New South Wales? Mm. Is it the IPL being on too late? Is it the color? Are the colors of the IPL frightening and mm. and foreign? Are the lights too dim? Mm. You know, at the IPL at IPL grounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, is it is it because we're the lucky country? We're we're frightened of the things we don't know. Uh-huh. Is it is it trade period? Is it Jordan to goey? <laughs> Why don't we? Why what don't? Well, what is it? Yeah. Like, why, why don't we care about it? I don't. We'll, we'll have a look at it, as you say. Oh, we'll have a look. Bring a couple of guys together, a few stars. But we got we got no plan. We've because we've never won it. We've never. So I think like because this this World Cup was supposed to be in Australia last year when Australia were like the favourites. Now there's mm. no doubt that like obviously any team playing at home is going to be better. That like Australia would be much better chance to progress and and win the thing if they're playing in Australia. Now it actually is next year in Australia. So maybe it's going to take like us to win it in front of our own eyes at a time that suits us. <laughs> we can actually watch it. Cause I suppose all the other T20 world cups have always been the best one for us. Time wise would have been South Africa, which is like the first one. So that one, that one in terms of the best time was in yeah, South Africa and the, all the other ones have been what West Indies, India, there's one been in England. You think it's a time zone issue? Time zone. Well, I think cricket generally for like, it's all the countries that we play against, except for New Zealand, who also have not had a T20 World Cup. Mm. Um, it's shocking time for us to watch it. So that, that's, I think that also feeds into why that we only care about things when it happens here, because the other times it's like, you, you know, cricket's not a very consumable game, except for T20s, maybe. It's the most consumable thing, which is also weird that we don't certainly really care about it. I remember what I was going to say um, before, the nature of that loss to England wasn't just like the loss of it in like a group stage of a tournament. It was like, this is how far behind we are as a program against like the leading white ball program, them in India. I mean, I know India are struggling massively and they had two, well, they've been, they've been fucking demolished twice in their two games so far. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was the nature of the loss and just highlighting how far, we are, how far we are behind, which shows like, we're not even close to fucking winning this thing. Yeah. We might make a semi because Maxwell is going to score 80 in a game and it gets us over the line. But, like, just look at the depth of players England have and, like, how they won that game. Rashid opened the bowling ahead of Moeen Ali. You know, Owen Morgan has hardly had a stick this World Cup. they got Liam Livingston who's hitting clean balls for fun. Uh, you know, Jason Roy's got a great record on top. Josh Butler averages, like, They're 50. missing Stokes and Archer. Like, guys yeah. are dropping in and out, but it doesn't stop doesn't stop the juggernaut. It's, it's the nature of it, which is, like, that's how you play white ball cricket, and they are so good and so far ahead of us where it's like, what are we even here for? The, uh, the thing is, mate, like, it's okay. I've said this on YouTube before, but it's okay for a team to be better than another team. Of course. What what, what rankles a little bit is like... It's fucking England. Well, we, oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like, that's just some deep-seated stuff. But, that's, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. more like if you, you know, leaf through the pages of the media, as is my want. Yes. Uh, or the screens or the tabs of media. Like, What's Pez's want? He likes to leaf through the media. Yeah. <laughs> what was his want? He died. Yeah. What was his want? <laughs> oh, you know, leaf through. How did he die? Paper yeah. cuts. <laughs> uh, you know, there's still an un- there's still an undertone that it doesn't matter, and like that's right. And I know we're talking about this before. There's certain you know there there are there are journos you couldn't even find a report on the game. You know, like you couldn't even get a take Amazing. from somebody, and like, and there's still this sense that you know we've framed our entire security and superiority around the likelihood that Dom Sibley would nick off at the Gabba. Yeah. Like that's where we got we, we've like narrowed down what's important in Australian cricket mm. so much mm-hmm. 
to like, and I know Dom Sibley's not there. It's a concept, you know, mm. like um, it's not Dom Sibley as someone else, but like we've manipulated ourselves into thinking that like, so long as the hue of the Gabba is bright enough in the eyes of English people mm. that our Commonwealth Bank gold trim on the shirt mm-hmm. is fluoro canary enough that there's enough forex around mm. that uh, the ball carries through at a certain trajectory to Tim Payne mm. and Josh Hazelwood makes the right scale. You know, that we're good and alpha at cricket. Like, that's our business model. That's yep. all we have to do. Yep. And, like, we're willing participants. All of, Like, all of the fans mm. are in that. Like, like no wonder they want to keep the Perth test. That's important for the business model yeah, of Australian 100%. cricket. It's yep. the hue yep. that they're after. There's money in mm. that hue of, 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 the, of the desert sun. Mm. Uh, you you know, just like, say Perth and England lose. If England wears ice cream coloured whites again, they're gone. It's a colour issue. Yeah, they, they Do you know bad, what I mean? I mean, they'd be yeah. very well advised just to tone that into a little bit more of a kind of a cream. There's no doubt to me that the, you know, government intervention here is, you know, Scott Morrison's gone over to COP26, mm. but, you know, and, and they've made a commitment to 2050, you know, reduce carbon emissions. Are you going to do anything about coal? What? Yeah. No, we're not because we want it to be hot in Brisbane. We just want to say Gabba. Oh, but didn't you guys lose that? Ah, uh, oh, yeah, but uh, we were a bit cooked in quarantine. And, yeah, but didn't India like play us? Yeah, but ah, uh, uh, didn't India chase like 370 to win? Yeah, but ah, mm, uh, Sibley. But some, some, summer's coming along. There'll be some yeah. blobby stuff, moustaches, mm. all good. When you say blobby, I think you need to, people need to understand what the fuck that even no, means. No, I don't. <laughs> No, no. Just storming. There's two levels to Blobby. You know, there's if you know about Blobby, the the institution in England, and Mm. and what we did with that a couple of years ago, that's fine. But also, we're all just a bit Blobby. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Well, uh, fair play to England, uh, and you would have to say, given that uh, India, o from two, um, sure, Pakistan are doing great things as well. Had a good victory against um, Afghanistan, Asif Ali. Uh, has done two great things now for Pakistan. Won two games in a row for them, essentially. Um, but the rest of the tournament, do you want to talk about India? Um, well, what's India going seems on? cooked, mate. They're like they're in a bit of a mini group with Pakistan and New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, Afghanistan's doing okay too, but mm. uh, you know, against Pakistan and New Zealand, India have lost both tosses. They've lost both games, and now they need both maths and satanic results to get through on net run rate. It's looking very unlikely. Yeah, uh, and. Looks like just once again, like New Zealand's just going to do it again, and we're yeah. still going to think that they're third grade, even yeah. though that they're World Cup twenty fifteen runners up, World Cup twenty nineteen tied winners mm. and mm. runners up. Mm-hmm. They're the World Test Championship winners, mm. and they're just going to push on through to this as well. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. yeah but, so mm. Would Santa get a game? His front arms are low. <laughs> we came with this and getting our side. I, yeah. Not ahead of Marnus. Mm. Yeah, mate, he might bat seven. Mm. Bolts just, a, yeah, you know, okay. Ah, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. We're going first class cruise here. <laughs> Pakistan? Could, yeah, Pakistan. Pakistan? Pakistan? Yeah, so like, Pakistan. Yeah. I like Pakistan. Like, there's a. Pakistan got a wildness to their cricket that's going on. It's wild and I, free and I good. I like the funness of it in that they, yeah. they're so wound up about, um, you know, people pulling out of their country left, right, centre for, for scheduled tours and no income and they haven't played there for fucking 10 years and the efforts that they've made and now the players are taking that energy onto the field being yeah. like, fuck all of you, we're going to win this thing. And like, that, it's them in England probably. They've played mm. the best cricket so far. Mm. I mean, Because what happens in the first week is usually what happens in the second week. Oh, very consistent, in, especially in T20. Cup. Across most sports. Yeah, that's, that's true actually. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they may well just fucking win the thing and... Uh, and good luck to them. They're playing some good cricket. They've got some good players. It's just that they've they've landed on that theme of wildness so well because it's not just the cricket, it's the punditry. 
you know that like you're getting clips over here of yeah, 60 yeah. blokes on air all blokes so 60 blokes on yeah. air like after beating india just dancing dancing it's, and they just, it still goes that's like, what it, just, it should be you know why because that's real yeah that's it's real. real life mate yeah. wasim just getting into it you got yeah. uh show Akhtar quitting you know yeah. mid-show yeah uh as david gower and viv richards look on giggling <laughs> giggling to like each other, yeah. shaheen's buying 160s with the biggest jawline of all time enormous everything's going pakistan and i like yeah. it yeah yeah more Rizwan, more Baba Razam. Yeah, Razam's one of the great one of the great bats in, in world cricket. I'll have you know. Well, Mickey Arthur said he could be the best ever player. He said he wanted to be his dad. <laughs> Did he? Not really. With respect to his dad. <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to throw to Will McPherson, I believe, uh, to tell us about England's chances at this World Cup and if they can unify those two belts. Because what cricket needs is to Americanify, Americanify more sports, uh, and they're going to get belts. But I like it. Here's Will. He's the cricket and rugby correspondent at the Evening Standard in the UK. He's secretary of the Cricket Writers Club in the UK. Is that relevant? Uh, it's on his Twitter bio. Uh, and he's the co-host of the excellent cricket pod 2 Hacks 1 Pro. And he recently ran a marathon in three hours and eight minutes, which is an unbelievable clip, uh, raising £4,000 in the process too. It's Will McPherson. He joins us from London. G'day, Will. Morning, evening, lads. How are we? Very well, mate. Very. I'm still just... I'm still reeling from you running a marathon in three hours uh, and eight minutes. I am a little bit. Uh, and mm. so is everyone I know, because if there's one thing everyone I know knows about me, it's that I've got one of the most heinously sloppy rigs on the circuit. <laughs> and I, I've sort of managed to defy that for three hours and eight minutes and absolutely no longer. There, there was no, there wasn't a minute more that I could have done. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it I, I got through. Uh, I yeah. lived to tell tale. Three weeks on, I've still actually, I'm still actually quite sore. Um, I bet. But you know, here we are. I'm absolute, absolute wheels. Um, all right, cricket, uh, mate. England are trouncing all comers uh, at the T20 World Cup. Uh, they've barely put a foot wrong as they attempt, as Ali Martin says, to unify their white ball belts. Um, is it fair to say that the nation is gripped by UAE World Cup fever? Yes, yeah, actually there's flags, like this year for Halloween, no one put any decorations out, it's all just England flags, um, you know that song, It's Coming Home, that's going, That's like flying yeah, up the charts yeah. again. Yeah, we've heard it. Everyone yeah. is talking about it. Um, saw a bloke with a Tamal Mills tattoo walk past me the other day, it looked like freshly inked. It's incredible, mate, like it's, it's like, it's so nice when the nation just gets behind a cause like this. Um, honestly, yeah, it's brilliant. It's just been a great sporting year um, yeah. <laughs> with the Euros and all that. So look forward to losing in the final. Um, is uh, I just noticed some stat. I noticed some stats before. I wasn't looking at them. I don't really care for cricket much. Um, as as a T Twenty I opener, Joss Butler, twenty five digs, just under a thousand runs at fifty four, hitting him at one hundred and forty nine. If he's not already, what else does he have to do to become England's best ever white ball player? I think he is already. Um, I actually think that most of this team, uh, and if you look across the, the 50 over World Cup as well, most of this kind of quite settled uh, team of familiar names that have come to, that have just been playing very well for England for like six years now, most of them would get in England's all-time white ball team. Uh, you'd have Roy and Bairstow opening together in, in 50 over. You'd have Butler in there somewhere. Morgan would be captain. Stokes is probably there as well. Like they're, they're all in there. 
that says two things. It says that this team has been really good. It also says that England were absolutely shit out at all white ball cricket until the year 2015. They managed to fluke the 2010 T20 World Cup um, just by coming together at the last minute and getting pissed for three weeks in in Barbados. But um, like they're they're England have been awful at white ball cricket and have now worked it out. And I actually think you look at this T20 World Cup. And I, I'm I'm watching it and I'm like, <clears throat> I feel like no one else, no other team gets T20 cricket at the moment. Pakistan have obviously clicked nicely for World Cup. But like, listening to Aaron Finch the other night, he was like, oh, we'll just knock it out, knock it about because we didn't want to get bowled out for 80. And he's like, but we want to play like England. And one thing I know about England is if they lost Warner Smith, equivalent of Warner Smith and Maxwell in the power play and Stoinis for ball after it, they'd have just kept teeing off. And like, if they got caught on the fence, great. But instead, like you had the opener plinking it about for 40 or 49 or, or whatever. And just no one else is playing like England, India yesterday. I mean, that was quite funny, but they <laughs> like, they've got this unbelievable league. They've got these unbelievable players and they're, they, they haven't worked out how to put them together and just haven't worked out. But basically 20 overs is long enough to just like go really hard throughout. And everyone's talking about how this World Cup's really boring because, um, like, it's a lot of chasing success. I, mean, I, I do actually think that is a that is a problem, but it's been exacerbated by the fact that generally the better team in each game has batted second just by luck. As like, it just we haven't had many. Like, you look at Afghanistan yesterday; they were the better team in that game. They batted first. They got a decent score and they batted aggressively, and then. They, they won. I think when England bat first and they're, they're playing, I'm a bit wary of being too big on England here because they're playing Sri Lanka. I think between the time when we record this and when uh, it will be published. So I'm not going to go, you know, say they're the best thing since sliced bread. They are a good side. But I think, I think if and when we see England bat first, their approach will be different to other sides. At least they will go hard for 20 overs and try and get a massive score, put the game to bed. Whereas other teams just seem to be like, they can't don't seem to be getting what par is. Mm. I mean, you need well, to risk getting a big score. Like you know, you've got to mm. Shane Warne, Michael Clark. You've got to lose to win, lads. Well, just on the Aaron Finch thing, like if you do hit forty, doesn't matter how many balls off, you get a clap from your team as you get off yeah. the field. So yeah. I don't yeah. really think yeah. you're factoring that in. Um, yeah, Will. I just want to pick up on the themes you're talking about there. Like the thing about England's white ball side, and it's been there for years, is the is the fearlessness. Like that quality with respect is almost the opposite of the England sporting stereotype. Um, you know, like, do, do you fear anyone in cricket anymore in white ball cricket? And how good does it feel to be like the creative, innovative attacking alphas of the white ball realm led by Daddy Morgan? Well, I think actually the irony is that um, a lot of people who follow English cricket, and I will include myself in this, were quite fearful of Australia um, <laughs> until until about <laughs> ten minutes into the game on on it's Saturday afternoon yeah. here because and it was the same in the twenty nineteen uh, World Cup semi final people feared Australia until about half an hour into the game because like just you get this nasty nagging feeling the, the names are all familiar I've seen what Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins can do to England and I was, you know all that kind of stuff it obviously defied that, that fear kind of defied logic because um, Australia are a little bit thrown together and uh, Australia might yeah. may I, I still think they can do a job on this World Cup mm. but it will be 
Um, it won't be because of their brilliant planning and all that kind of stuff. It will be because some of their very good players turn up on, on the day and like get them through. They've still got two games in the group. They'll probably have a good chance to win them both. And then we're in the semi-final and we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I, I think people were a bit fearful of Australia uh, mm. <laughs> until until it started. But we generally, you're, you know, like the team certainly don't fear anyone. Um and that's partly because um, Owen Morgan is Irish uh, and he's instilled <laughs> a slightly different attitude into the team. Like it, it is all, it is all driven by him. Uh, it all starts with him and it all started with him uh, after that World Cup six years ago. I think that has come, I mean, it's quite a well, well told tale now, but that has come strongly from McCullum, like their time together and watching that New Zealand team, they're properly inspired by them at the 2015 World Cup who had a, a kind of similar attitude. Um, and yeah, I, they're, they're, I think the, the, the familiarity um, breeds uh, a sort of fearlessness because what they, what they have is obviously they, they know they're all good players, but they also know each other are good players and they're confident in what they're going to do. And what's weird about this particular England team starting so well is that it's been their bowling, which is their weaker suit, doing the job. That's weird also because they, they went for a batting-heavy structure in the team at the start of the tournament when people were talking about maybe playing an extra bowler, maybe Milan getting dropped or someone like that get being left out. And also, that this particular bowling attack is a little bit of a motley crew. Like mm. it, When England were in India early this year, practising for this tournament, very clearly um, everything, everything leading towards this tournament, it was like Archer, Stokes, Sam Curran, Mark Wood... Uh, and then Jordan and Rashid, and actually only Jordan and Rashid have, have played. And you've got like Liam Livingston and, and Moen Ali, who are, uh, you know, pretty unheralded bowlers in, in T20. And Moen's a very good ODI bowler, but mm. T20 hasn't, he hasn't always, you know, they haven't quite been certain how they can use him. Uh, they're sharing overs. Chris Wokes has just come in from nowhere. And Tamar Mills is is back from injury. Like, they're just quite a random set of bowlers. So it is weird, but that's how it's worked for England so far. Um, and but that's also partly down to Morgan. We saw on Saturday that Moen didn't get a bowl despite possibly being the bowler of a tournament until that point, certainly from England, from the England team. But because basically Finch eats off spin and he wasn't going to bring him on while Finch was at the crease. And Finch, as we've already mentioned, was refusing to get out, he, he wasn't <laughs> scoring many runs, but he, he wasn't getting out. And Morgan knew that as soon as Moen came on, he would just try and destroy him. So um, his use of them it has been smart and he's probably, uh, the captaincy has probably flattered the bowlers, I would say. We'll see. Well, we'll see how good this single team is when they have to bat first for once and and then we'll see if they're yeah. any good. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'll ask you, well, um, this side, whilst undoubtedly great, and it is a great team, it is ageing. I think I think there's only two guys in the squad who are under 30 that, I think it's something like that anyway. Um, is yeah. is there much behind this group to keep this sort of dynasty alive? There is. I mean, what we saw, we saw that um, absolutely bananas ODI series in the English summer when um, they had a COVID outbreak and they had to call a completely new squad up. And what we saw then was a lot of talented um, young guys, but basically just playing uh, with exactly the same attitude as as the senior guys so 
Phil Salt, the the opener, was basically like genuinely doing an. Uh, he might have as well have been doing an impression of Jason Roy, um, the way he played. Like he was, he was just that was it was so obvious. But but there is a lot of talent. Like I'm not sure it's as good as this crop. Uh, and I, I think it's interesting that they basically made the decision in ODIs. It seems they've just decided that this group is going to forge ahead to the 2023 World Cup. They're going to try and get two two World Cups out of these guys. Um, a couple of the younger guys are injured. Uh, so Sam Curran is is still a child. Uh, and <laughs> Joffre Archer obviously is in his 20s too. He's sort of 26, 27 now. Um, and Livingston has obviously emerged, but he's like 28. He's not... He's been he's been on the scene. He's been a known quantity in English cricket for for five years. Um, but yeah, there, there is a lot of talent kicking about, and it's it's all been like kind of top down. Um, everyone's seen players in the county game, and this summer of a hundred have seen what um, what Morgan uh, the, the way they play, and they're all just trying to sort of mimic it. And and I think as we've seen in the big bash in recent years like a lot of those players will be back over this summer they haven't necessarily torn it up but they're kind of working it out i think they're good players um does this mean anything for the ashes yes it is a hammer blow to australia's chances of uh, retaining the urn um, no i don't it's been like it is funny this stuff isn't it because it's like it's Hope been so. framed as like you've got like Someone as 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 wise and venerable as Ian Chappell was saying, I saw this morning, it was like saying that it had something to do with the Ashes. I don't personally think it does, particularly because England have got like two, I think two of the players who played on Saturday are kind of certain starters for England at, at Brisbane. Uh, Milan and, and Butler will start. And then um, Bearstow and Wokes will be in the conversation, but might miss out. Um Australia obviously have uh, like they they just they just like oh how do we pick a T Twenty team or get the test lads in? Um, so there is five, there are five very good players who and a couple of them did take a bit of tap from uh, from Butler, but no, it doesn't. Australia is still going to win the Ashes. Doesn't matter what happens at the T Twenty World Cup. And what's the score going to be? Will five. Nil. I've heard. I've listened to this podcast before, <laughs> and because of that, I know it's going to be five nil. Uh, I think personally, it's going to be sort of in the in the three one four one region. Uh, I think England will probably steal a game, but not because they're particularly good, but, but because Australia um, maybe aren't. But we'll see. Will McPherson from the Evening Standard, fast runner contributed to charity and a uh, very comprehensive and thorough analyst, analyst of cricket. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, mate. We'll catch you next time. Pleasure. See you soon. Thank you very much to Will uh, for his time. Now, I suppose one of the things, it's sort of a bit been and gone, mm. um, but let's talk about the Quinton de Kock thing. Mm. Fish and chip paper. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Um, really quickly, I'll say it separately, um, I actually suppose this kind of ties into it in terms of just anger online, which is actually a new phenomenon, which has only happened in the last couple of weeks. But um, after Pakistan beat India, Kohli had to come out to the media and talk about Mo Shami getting abused online. He's getting like some Islamophobia shit. Um, Kohli said, to me, attacking someone over their religion is the most, I would say, pathetic thing that a human being can do. Indeed, Virat. Um, And I guess that kind of feeds into it a little bit 
uh, where the reaction to specifically Quentin the Cox thing, which is very visceral, and there's been a lot of information subsequently which has sort of um, tempered those initial reactions of it being just overt racism, like it just being Quentin the Cox, um, you know, uh, white guy not taking a knee. Now, obviously, Quentin the Cock is mixed race, so immediately it feels a bit like, well, one of his, I think it's his, I think his mum is black, and I think, is that right? I can't remember. Anyway, um, you know, that, that being a bit like, that doesn't quite feel right. It feels a bit weird. But at the same time, this is like a former South African captain, current player. He is their star player, star bat, wicketkeeper. Um, taking a very visceral approach to um, not going against racism. That That is how it's looked at um, or seen rather. And uh, so he was told, the whole team was told before the West Indies game that they had to take the knee. And then that's when, that's the game that he pulled out of and he said for personal reasons. And then um, he obviously apologized and Bavuma spoke very eloquently at the press conference. And then he returned to play against Sri Lanka and he kneeled before um, play. I'm sure everyone knows the sequence of events there, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a, a bizarre and interesting week, I suppose, in that context where even Michael Holding uh, spoke eloquently about standing up for um, Quentin de Kock. Um, so I don't know what what did what did you make of it, mate? I think with situations like with that particular situation, you have to acknowledge there's you know the specific complexity of South mm. African racial politics. Yeah. I'm not saying it yeah. um, advances or excuses anything, but mm. again, you know, wh- white, white bloke in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I noted that a few journos that when it happened were quite quick to point out that y- you, you weren't talking about a, a guy with like a bunch of form in this arena mm. yeah. as well. Yeah. And I, you know, in his, in his defense with it, cause he has since come out, he's since put a statement out. Yeah. Uh, which I, I thought was good in so far as it uh, what didn't seem to be, you know, overly polished, mm. um, seemed authentic to me. Like, uh, you know, that that kind of diktat that you must do, you must do that kind of thing like mere hours before a game, mm. all things considered in the complexity of South African racial politics, uh, you know, it seems to me like it was going to – likely to be problematic at some point for, mm. for somebody. Mm. Uh, I thought de Kock's statement was genuine and I do think that there needs to be room in a very trench warfare culture mm. uh, to accept an apology and, uh, and a mistake or further reflection from somebody. You need to, you need to have room for that because they're there for – without it, there won't be um, prog- progression. And yeah. I note that Ben Horn did a piece about Ben Dunk who – conscientiously objected to taking the knee for the Melbourne Stars. That's right. I think a couple of seasons ago or last season, last and, season yeah. and Ben Dunk has come out recently and said, uh, that's the biggest regret of my life, you know? And right. look, I'm calling out, I, I support Black Lives Matter, so I'm calling out two examples where people end up furthering their support of it. I'm sure it goes the other way as well, but we're just talking about the fact that people can change, they can reflect. Um, who, you know, we can only speculate about some of the, Influences of de Kock's reflection, you know, mm. there's, there's the cynics uh, and mm. the skeptics uh, mm. calling out his Mumbai Indians contract and that <laughs> yeah. kind of gear. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like for this particular one, it's a very much a maybe just sit, just just sit back and let yeah. like uh, let um, 
more informed people there's, kind of make the call on it. Yeah, there's so much that I don't know and don't mm. understand about it. So, um, but I'm happy to speak publicly about it and with authority That's and, right. drop and some, off the top of our heads and drop some battle lines as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact he's got form, it's like okay, he was told before on the bus trip there. They were like, they were told you must do it. So it's a bit like okay, that can be jarring. And if you're a professional athlete and you're in the public eye and everything you do is going to be scrutinised, especially to this degree where your your politics are, um, you have to reveal your politics. And it's like I just want to hit balls, mate. Hey, like I don't, I don't really sign up for this. But it's like, well, he's got a responsibility. And he's got form for this. He hasn't kneeled in the past. Um, but there's other examples of that, you know, people taking a stance. Okay, it's not exactly the same, but for instance, like um, Nemanja Matic for United doesn't wear a poppy. Uh, it's obviously Remembrance Week in the Premier League and they wear a poppy in their jerseys. James McLean um, has got uh, form with that as well. Form. He's, he, he also doesn't wear the poppy. For, and for both those examples, it's, it's basically like a childhood um, um, trauma. Um, I think James McLean's from Derry and like his objections that is like to do with the British Army in relationship to the Troubles. And Nemanja Matic is from Serbia and he had an experience when he was 12 or something like that. We've seen Wilf Sahar from Crystal Palace, obviously a black English footballer who now doesn't take the knee anymore either. He's obviously in support of Black Lives Matter, but he said like that it needs to be doing more. It's like the, the sheer symbolism of this thing doesn't matter, have the same impact as what it did before. There's all these things to factor in. But I agree, De Kock's apology to me sounded sincere and I'm sh- it's okay to um, to learn after a- an incident. Um, and I just I guess the main point is that um, I hope he has because uh, then he agrees with me and then me, uh, me I'm right. And then me is right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, very quickly on the Ashes, Pez, we'll get into some visceral minutes in a moment. Mm. At least uh, six weeks away, so... Yeah, exactly. And T20 World Cup doesn't matter. Um, right now. I just want to talk about Pukowski. Uh There's been a report today via ESPN Crick Info um, that he still has lingering concussion symptoms from the knock he suffered a couple of weeks ago, which is concerning, and now he's in doubt to play the MCG Shield game against New South Wales. There's obviously a Shield game. It just happened last week, but that was in Sydney. Um, so he's in doubt to play this now, and it's like it's another one where it's like, fuck... Um, this guy is potentially the future of Australian cricket for 15 years and he just keeps, it's not a niggle, keeps getting hit in the head and he's getting concussion and then lingering symptoms for ages. And it's, uh, I'm frustrated as a fan, but I'm also sad for him as a person. Yeah, I don't really know what it, what to add from last week on that, really. I, I hope I'm, he's got cool people around him and I'm sure he'll make, you know, he, he's, he's free to make the decisions he needs to make. You know, for mm. his for his career, yeah. You you think if he's in a situation where, <clears throat> um, one, you know, one blow to the head can, uh, you know, end his career with given his history, mm. and I tie that in with say, you know, Ed Cowan saying last week on the Grandstand Cricket Podcast, uh, good cast, you know, that he thinks he he probably got littered where the nets are in the game fifty or sixty times. Well, are we just delaying the inevitable? You know, with Will Pukowski, but really, mm. it's. It's not none of our business, you know. You could probably apply that to everything we talk about, but it it, it does it does it does strike you that's uh, part mm. of the pun. But uh, it's going to get littered again, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, you know, how many times have we said it? He's a good kid. He's got a lot of. He's smart. He's got a lot of good people around yeah. him. He's free to pursue his dreams how he how he wishes. I think, and he's not 
short of expertise that he listens to. So yeah. uh, I, I hope that he plays because I um, need Australians to score runs. That's so, right. Yeah, no, um, no pressure on him there. Oh, man, I'm just looking at the rest of this agenda. There's fucking just sad news everywhere this well, week. Well, j- just, just before there, mate, like just before we, we went on air, I, I saw an article from uh, from Andrew Wu. Yeah. Yesterday, it looks like they're about to announce a 25-player squad for the Ashes. Uh, Australia is. So Australia and Australia A, and it looks like yeah. uh, the Bolters – are um, Nick Maddinson, Ben McDermott, and they say they haven't closed the door on Glenn Maxwell. So they're going to do a 25-person squad, um, mm. and there's obviously the test squad, and then there's an Australia A team that's going to play the Lions, which is basically the, the day after the test starts or some shit like that. So oh. it's, basically a, it's basically twos. And, uh, I think Ashes twos? Basically, I, I think we're looking at Ashes twos. Fuck. Yeah. You're playing Ashes? Yeah, twos. Oh, ones and twos. Yeah. Guys, if they go up to it, yeah. <laughs> you ain't one this week. Uh, and I know we're going to talk. come to the Shield in a second, but uh, Nick Maddinson's 87 against New South Wales was was class above shit. It was bowler-friendly conditions. Yeah, Both yeah. sides struggled. Yeah. And uh, though other guys made hundreds, Hanscom and Harris, mm. uh, Maddinson's 87 was commanding. And, mm. you know, he's one of these guys that – Yeah, they like he's, him. He's earmarked. Yeah, if he's ever in form, they'll call him up. He's liked – Mm. Uh, so that could be an interesting one. Mm. For, and he can he can both open bat number five. We'll get to that in a moment's time. But in the meantime, uh, three former Australian players passed away this week. Legends of the Baggy Green: Ashley Mallett, Rowdy, uh, as he's as he's known, Alan Davidson, and Peter Philpot all passed away. Um, I don't know what to add to that. Have you got a story? You, you said before you had a story about um, and Bert Newton, who played a bit of fours. For, um, <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, just on on three of them, Ashley Mallet, uh, like Ian, you know, he played thirty eight tests. I don't, I, you know, I think Ashley Mallet and Alan Davidson in particular. Just if you wanted to try and tie them together, they're two guys who had um, far more success in their careers than I think their reputation among Alan Davidson's isn't he a Hall of Famer? He he is, but yeah. and and they're sort of poles apart as well. Uh, but just in terms of our generation's recognition of both of them as players sure. in their own right, yeah. Uh, well, that, cricket didn't get good till nineteen ninety seven, and I think in the case of Alan Davidson, obviously it didn't get good until it was on TV in kind of <laughs> yeah, major that's way. True. That's right. But uh, Ashley Mallet, thirty eight Tests. Ian Chappell says he could play at hundred. You know, um, right, 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 and. Uh, and then on Alan Davidson, he averaged you know twenty with a ball, yeah, twenty four with a bat, yeah, unbe- unbelievable. Uncovered uh, wickets though, so very huge figure in New South Wales cricket as well. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Um, Peter Philpot, leg spinner. I mean, I he was he was a prominent coach yeah, in Sydney. I remember, yeah, when we were growing up. He, I mean, he coached he coached England when they were out here in ninety seven, ninety eight. When he? they were trying to learn about leg spin, yeah, he was a consultant to them because of Warney. and um, he oh. coached the Aussies in eighty one, eighty. So he was he was a coach of the Australian oh, right. team when Headingley happened. Oh, um, okay. Skate but break. I remember I went I went to a spinners day with him in two thousand and one at the mm. SA. You got a day off school and he was the Fuck coach. Yeah. yeah, oh that's alpha. Yeah. Day off school. Day off school. And um McGill was there, Michael Bevan, a couple of other guys. Mm. And uh and and he started like he, he was saying Peter Philpot at the start, talking about leg spin. And he was like it might have been like a wrist spin day, yeah. And he was like, uh everyone wants to walk into the wicket like Shane Warne. You can you you will never generate the pace on the ball or the work on the ball that Warren does because he's strong as an ox. He's much stronger than you can ever imagine. Mm. Oh, that was me gone. 
Yeah, so I, told, I was like yeah, yeah. spindly armed. Yeah, beater. Yeah, just all I ever wanted to do was copy Shane Moore and like you know Peter Fieldpot in one go just explained. You, you, you will never be able to put on the ball what you need to walking in mm. like Shane Warne. Mm. Um, but he, he was he was an excellent coach. And I remember him and just watching him at that spin, spinner's day. He was in his late 50s, mid to late 50s, mm. and like just 10 times a bowler. Yeah. I was or, my, or a lot of us were. Yeah, right. I had that with Kerry O'Keefe as well yeah. at, a, at a camp, just like, you know, quite senior yeah. and just still got it. Big yeah, time, yeah, yeah. Big mitts, yeah. just work on the ball. I never really experienced that. Ever since he had mm. 10 going to camps and stuff, just being mm. like, oh, yeah, I can sort of see it, but watch this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get into uh, TGC's Visceral Minute. Mm. Um, I appreciate all the uh, all the uh, contributions and mm. the submissions. Australia uh, needs to step up. More, more English submissions. I think Australia needs to step up for this. And, you know... There's a bit of anger in this, and, and that's our fault because we sort of ask people to speak viscerally about how they feel. But the, yeah, just you know, the more erudite about what you feel. Don't just, but don't maybe just swear a lot. A bit of redeeming humour in it or sort of self-awareness yeah, might yeah. and go astray, yeah. you know? Uh, quite clearly, we're friends with people in England. We wouldn't have a lot of people on like that. I mean, mm. sometimes it's just, yeah. If you could just – but, yeah, some of it's just – just quite, just, just, uh, just angry. No more, no less. Anyway, well, we're still angry. Yeah, we're still, we're still figuring yeah. it out down here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there's a few levels to the one at the end of the show as well. Uh, if you're yeah. around for that, but uh, here, here are the two. Here are the two we got this week. I've just listened to the last podcast and heard a team of legends like Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson met with five nil. Fuck off. <laughs> Anderson and Broad have more history than your piece of shit dungeon you call a country. <laughs> And even Broad has twice the amount of test runs as that weasel you call a fucking captain. And he spent the best part of a decade terrified of the fucking ball. You lot just bat on fucking drop-in roads and act like shit sticks like Kawaja, Wade and Cam Green are suddenly good. When in reality, you can't even bat against Chris Wokes with a fucking white ball. Even Ollie Pope averages 100 on a road at the Oval. And we all know it's worthless until he can do it on a green seamer at the end of March against Timmy fucking Murphy. <laughs> Jack Leach, the absolute nut, is going to tear you a fucking new one. So grab a Snickers, you pricks, and get set to receive a proper education in cricket and some fucking manners. <laughs> now Stokes is back to Alpha Cam Green and show you all what a proper fucking all-rounder looks like. And we can stop fucking around with shit spinning all-rounders that can't really battle bowl. And fucking do, you bunch of whining, insufferable, shit banter convict wankers and send you back into another fucking lockdown where you bogans belong. <laughs> Cheers, lads. We'll take a 2-2 two -two draw, actually. <laughs> See you. Uh, oh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I like yeah. it. The, the manners bit. The manners good. bit was good. Yeah. The manners bit. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed a lot in this, just before you go to the last, I know there's a lot of... Um, a lot of the English submissions very willing to offer an Australian accent or just mm. accents in general. Mm. Uh, I suppose it is the English language. Mm, indeed. But they speak down to us with having mm. some manners. Mm. We're, we're just, we're just swear you 50 times in the, yeah. in the piece, but have some manners. Oh, posh swearing, indeed. though. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> All right, here's the, here's the second one. Go on. D different style. Hey, fuck off. Here goes. <laughs> you nutter. Who cares about test cricket? Wake up, son. If you just missed that, it was directed at Higos. Hang on. Hey, fuck off, Higos. Five nil. You nutter. Who cares about test cricket? Wake up, son. Ah, uh, that's good. Uh, that's good. Well played. 
Well played. Um, okay. Uh, the WBBL pairs, the story that's just broken today, just before we jumped on, is uh, Georgia Wareham, our leg spinning uh, gun, 22 years old, is going to be out for the Ashes, the World Cup, and the Commonwealth Games campaign. She's ruptured her ACL, requires full reconstruction. Apparently, she did the same thing as a teenager. Um, as I said, she's only 22. There's obviously a lot of time ahead, but um, uh, that's fucking – that's grim. Yeah, it sucks. That's grim. Sucks. Doing doing an ACL Such a good just bowler too. fielding. And leg spin, safety, all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, we obviously wish Wolfie well, yeah. who no doubt listens to this. Um, the Melbourne Renegades, indeed, Wolfie's Renegades, uh, they are top of the table, uh, which I'm sure is going to make her knee feel way better because they're on 11 points. Saw yes, yesterday, uh, it was yesterday, Harman Preet Core uh, smashed 73 or 46 against Brisbane. Fucking slog sweeping the shit out of some leg spin. Oh, some power there. Mm. Impressive. Uh, Brisbane Heater on second. They're on nine points. Grace Harris. Uh, As usual. At, at, to- uh, at the top is leading the run scoring uh, charts for WBBL. always performs. Grace yeah. Harris. Always but star of the but hasn't, hasn't played Any for Australia. danger of a game. Is that right? What's the ske- still is there a skeleton there? Yeah, well, secrets. What are the skeleton? Let us know. Right in. Is that right? She hasn't, she hasn't played Would for Would we Australia? ever read that out? Wouldn't have thought so, actually. There's just a <laughs> yeah. different dimension to that. Not reading out in any WBBL skeletons. Oh, um, it's real life. The Sydney Sixers are third. They're on seven points. Lisa Healy yesterday back in the runs. Nice to see. 94 red ink of 57 against the Scorchies at Lilac Hill. And the Perth Scorchers, they are fifth. Uh, they got home again in another Super Over. Have uh, you seen, seen the highlights of this? Sophie Devine playing the Super Over. Chasing 10. Facing Megan Schutt. Two balls. First two balls of Super Over. 6-6. Six, six. See you later. Handshakes. Let's get out of here. Fucking not bad. Bad. Hell of a player. Um, the Sheffield Shield, as you said before, Pez Victoria won the game against New South Wales in Sydney. Uh, they bowled New South Wales out twice, Chevy for 151 and 134. Madison 87, Sean Abbott, 6 for 38. He'll be in the mix. Mm. He'll be in the mix this summer, Sabba. And then Victoria's second innings, Marcus Harris, 137. Pete Hanscom, 115. Red Ink. Um, now, Harris is, well, Harris is, is Harris the incumbent? Who played the last test match? Yeah, he played He yeah. played in Brisbane. So he... Fuck me, man. That's the last time we played a test match. That's right, mate. Jesus Christ. Mm. So if Bukowski, if Bukowski's fit, you think he probably plays, but... I, I, I mean, Warner said that. If they, if Bukowski makes himself available, they'll pick him. Oh, really? Yeah. I think... Warner said that. Warner's like, I want Bukowski there. So Warner's just picking teams now. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we talked him. about this last year. We didn't mind picking some fucking gaps. <laughs> Not necessarily harsh. <laughs> But seriously. Um, so in the context as well, so Queensland, Tasmania, Queensland won that game by 96 runs. Queensland's first dig hit 500. Manus Kwaja, Matt Renshaw all got tons. Yep. And also Joe Burns hit 79. I think he got like 60 in the second dig as well, or maybe 50 or something like that. Um, but uh, there's some runs there. But Kwaja's gone back-to-back tons in the shield. Uh, he's knocking. Yeah. He's knocking. You know, when it comes to the Aussie test team and six weeks out, still more water under the bridge, all that sort of stuff, like... They always just go for the most likely team that you would pick. They're very big on incumbents and stuff. I would imagine that it'd still be the inside running is is Pekovsky if he's available mm. and Travis Head at five because they yeah, want yeah. Head to be the guy. Uh, but uh, like, uninspiring as well, isn't it? Given the context of England, well, there's no team. novelty value. We've seen a bit, well Pekovsky a little bit of novelty value, but you know you've seen Green. I got a bit of novelty with Green. Yeah, I just mean guys who are unpicked, but like yeah, I, I think Kawaja is getting close. 
I think he'd be close. And I think that there's mm. a certain safety to Kwaja. If Kwaja's in form on flat wickets against England, the fourth, fifth best team in the world, mm. it's probably runs there. Which, you know, to, would, well, then you'd say, well, why don't you just pick Sean Marsh? Yeah. You know? But there's a, there's a prodigal son element to Usman Kwaja. And I mean mm. that in the real sense. He went mm. away, he was bad, mm. and then he might come back. And uh, resurrect, and maybe they could just use a little bit of an old head as well. He's mm. obviously come out on YouTube in support of JL. That mm. can't hurt. <laughs> can't hurt his chances. But he's a couple of he's he's gone hundred hundred. Yeah, he's captaining a, a, a strong Queensland team. They won the Shield last year. He's putting his name up in lights. He's doing everything yeah. that uh, yeah. he would do, yeah. including the comprehensive uh, campaign of backing Justin. Lane. That's right. Yeah, yeah. starting YouTube channel, mm. uh, etc. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, Pez. Yeah, well, that's well said. The IPL Mega Auction is a thing that we're going to learn about over time, but that's going to happen in January. Now, the IPL Mega Auction is something that I would not have taken seriously until understanding more about the IPL this year in the context of how important and serious the players take the IPL because of what it means to their life. Um, so the purse for each team has gone up to $12 million US dollars. Each team can... That, that's their salary cap, $12 million. Yeah. Uh, the eight existing teams can retain four players and then everyone else fucks off to other teams. So then after that, then the two new teams, Ahmedabad and Lucknow, can get three each from the remaining players to start their squads. Then the retention windows, they started, that starts today. And then, yeah, the two new teams can do it by Christmas. Um, anyway. Oh, really? So they get the dregs? Yeah. Oh, so they'll st- they don't get the same access to players. No. Nah. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll be fine. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> got 12 million. So they won't be short of players. <laughs> yeah. Actually, couldn't fill the team in the yeah. end. Uh, so there's that. All right. Uh, Can we, I say, he goes, to, uh, yeah. oh, there was an interesting piece from Gideon uh, about private equity and uh, over the weekend and how India's embraced it, you know, just taking ownership money to grow okay. the game. Okay. And now it's obviously a behemoth. And he was... He was um, positing or wondering whether Australia might follow suit. There was an effort 10 years ago to bring some private ownership money into Australian cricket. It was resisted. The idea being that, you know, when you take private money, then it's not owned publicly. I mean, Australian cricket, cricket Australia still has tax exemption status and stuff. There's still an element of it being owned by the people, okay. uh, at least technically, uh, if not in spirit. But it seems to me that there's there seems to be – you know, this is tea leave between the lines shit. Okay. A couple of people starting to talk about this with private equity. I've heard that from a couple of journos now. I've spoken to a friend who's close to it who's uh, who was talking about it. I just wonder if there's some mm. positioning going on for um, an influx of private equity into Australian cricket, which might seem like uh, a bit of X's and O's stuff, but you're, you're talking about people who can come in and start owning like BBL teams or owning a little bit of like cricket pub- Australia. Public investment fund. Saudi Arabia shit coming in. Uh, I don't think that's the suggestion. I think it'd be more like, you know, um, <laughs> opaque kind of uh, investment firms and stuff okay. like that. My first but, transfer um, was Mbappe at six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, which, you know, it gives you p- – p- there are arguments for and against private money, you know what I mean? The argument against it is that you're borrowing against future earnings. You know, well, you get the money now, but you actually have to pay it back and shit yeah. like that. And you also don't own shit anymore. But um, it's just mate, I just like getting down there on a Saturday, just having a hit, and uh, yeah, watch my boys go going. Yeah, yeah, I watched basically three, three and a half tests yeah. of summer. Who's doing covers? Yeah, then it uh, rains in Sydney, and then yeah, uh, yeah. day night test. Yeah, I'll have a look. Mm. <laughs> All right, Tim Bresnan's on the show. Be good to speak to Bresnan. I haven't done the interview yet, but doing it uh, later tonight. Yeah. Looking forward to speaking to him. Must be fucking blue bond to me last time I messaged him. 
Yeah, really. Yeah, I sent him a nice message. Nothing. Fucking blue bombers. Yeah, he was hammering me on DMs the other night as well. Anyway. What do you mean? Well, you, oh, at least you're getting a reply. Well, I asked him on the show after he fucking I sledged us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crying into a neutral grain. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. like that. <laughs> I, oh, you know what? I, I, said, I, said, I said to him, uh, he wrote something, I wrote lol. And he wrote, who, wrote, who writes lol, you melt? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking zing, yeah. yeah. I've had seven beers. Bresnan 2, TGC nil. I mean, Joe Wilson Institute is one of the great things anyone's yeah. ever said in this show. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler Pezzy Lad. Use the code CHAMP for free custom design. You've got to get those customs in by November 11 to get, it in, to get that done before Christmas. And today, what are we talking about? Today, we've got a competition to announce. Uh, it's running until November the, November the 15th. Listen carefully okay. here. Okay. The competition is... Um, to win the ultimate smuggling party package, right? Now, what do you have to do? Uh, you have to recreate a photo or video, and the winner gets $2,500 in smugglers and – so that's just a credit, yeah. buddysmuggler.com yeah. – and either a $2,500 bar tab or to join the Budgie Smuggler team at the inaugural Day on the Park where – they take over Luna Park in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and Sons of East, who's a band, is playing with them. Uh, and they can do that with them and 10 mates. So they can ah, bring 10 mates. Pretty good. Um, what's in the ultimate smuggling party package? So you get $2,500 of Budgie Smuggler credit, uh, 10 VIP tickets to the Budgie Smuggler Day on the Park. Uh, so it's a takeover of Luna Park in Smugglers or Smugglets, mm. followed by Sons of East playing by the harbour, drinks and food included, valued at three grand. For those who can't make it Sid- to Sydney at that date, they'll coordinate another time or $3,000 to your, towards your own smuggling this party. This is good. Um, Couple of cheeky surprises, he says. There, runner-up per category gets five hundred dollars in smuggling credit. Who gives a shit? Uh, so, um, how to enter? How to enter? Yeah. You select a famous scene or moment in time. Yeah. Anything, anything that's ever happened, wow, ever. Okay. okay. Shit, that's a lot. That's a lot of things. Asteroids the killing the dinosaurs. Whatever. Yep. Moment in time. Recreate said scene in a photo or video, but with your own creative flair. I like it. I like it. I like Post it. to Facebook or Instagram. And or TikTok with hashtag my smuggling remake twenty twenty one. We might put this in the notes. Send this to you. Sure. Uh, and tag your most relevant page. The judging criteria: the en- the entry must make them smile and nod in appreciation. Wearing smugglers or smugglets. Bonus points if it's new underwear, sock, or bucket hat collections, mm-hmm. uh, but not a requirement. Fifty uh, percent of the judging criteria will be based on social media reaction. Yeah. The other fifty percent by an expert panel of ordinary rigs. Okay. Okay. So it's about engagement. Bonus points if your photo features in the actual media. Wow, okay. Uh, entries closed November 15. Winners announced on Black Friday, which is November 26, 2021. Uh, any entries breaking the law, putting yourself or others at significant risk or harm or likely to cause broad <laughs> offence won't be considered and we'd prefer if you cease smuggling immediately. Yeah. Uh, so famous scene or moment in time, he goes, that you'd like to recreate. Can I throw a few cricket ones at you just to get them all rolling? You yeah, know? yeah, What yeah, about, yeah, 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 Manus walking out with a sandwich or some shit? I like it. Uh, Hanscom on the walkie-talkie, yep. as you said, off-air. Uh, what about I would- the- I would pair that. No, sorry, you go. Yeah, on. You're uh, going. The bit where the you know the bowlers realise that they didn't know about sandpaper, whatever that looked. They like. They realised they didn't know. <laughs> I realised. Hang, hang on a second, I didn't know. I'm on the phone to my manager. I didn't know this happened. It was just three people who knew about the way the ball was being manipulated. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. You, could get, you want some cricket stuff? Oh, uh, what about like Warner and DeCock and the stairwell? Yeah. Oh, Faf what Tau. about that's Faf good? Faftal. Well, that's all pretty I, much the same thing. That's an easy one. Mm. Just that scene generally. Mm. What about pairing Hanscom on the walkie-talkie? Yes. Um, with um, George Bush getting the whisper in the ear at that kindergarten about nine eleven happening. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, this is with your own creative split, flair. Split screen. Split, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, well, tra- comedy's tragedy plus time. JFK stuff. What if you could? What if it was JFK stuff? What? <laughs> Fucking hell! I'm not saying this is the assassination. Hey, no, you're talking about the disbanding yeah. of the CIA. Bay of that's Pigs. It, that's Bay of Pigs stuff. decision. Yeah. yeah, that's right. When you made that decision, famous, famous photo. The Bay of Pigs decision. <laughs> um, Review uh, decision. Uh, Bay yeah, of yeah. Pigs decision pending. Nonce. Uh, <laughs> Steve Randell. <laughs> Uh, a couple of ideas there. You could go. You could go internal if you want to get really creative. You know things that go on in your mind. Yeah. But I suppose it's not really a famous scene. People won't really say that's famous. <laughs> that's schizophrenia. He's yeah. <laughs> really famous. Yeah. Just to you. Do you remember that time I thought about this? Not mm. really, mate. Not really. Not there. Anyway. Budgiesmuggler.com. I'm announcing that. Uh, T20 stars. This uh, interview is brought to you by T20 stars. Hey, it's been great to hear Shane Watson. Comms. Uh, you know, graduate from TGC where he sort of did his flying hours yeah. onto yeah. now doing the ICC feed for the World Cup. Yep. And he's great. He's doing great. Uh, I've seen lots of nice people say, like, no, nothing connected to us, just like saying nice things about him being on commentary. Because he's a fucking, he just, that that's a guy who knows his white ball cricket, knows his T20 cricket, maybe our best of a white ball player, maybe. Um, and, uh, smart, and thoughtful, smart, reflective, thoughtful. Great, great, like, uh, yeah. Great, or just fusion of being like an alpha prodigy mm. king and um, also being thoughtful and reflective. It, it's it's a yeah. it's a rare combination. I feel like anyone who listened to our stuff during the IPL, you can get that stuff on Patreon as well. But it's also on YouTube, and just listening to him is like, oh, this is a completely different person to what I thought he was going to be. Having watched him play, like they're, they're, it's not it's not a different person, but it's like you have a much deeper mm. understanding about him as a bloke. Yeah, and part of part of that is his business T Twenty Stars, That's where right. he's making exactly. cricket gear affordable. It's yes. some entrepreneur shit from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can get sticks, you can get equipment at yeah. affordable prices. Balls, it's glass, rare pads, sticks. It's a rare thing. Um, I have a few lines here from T20 Stars, but um, mm-hmm. do, do you do you want a bat or cricket gear that's been designed by someone who has been in the cauldron facing the best bowls on the planet, or that's you know neither here nor there. You're like okay, yeah, I'm sure we can design a bat. Yeah. yeah. But oh, okay. Do you want gear that's been designed by a marketing executive in a business suit? You choose because there's only one choice. There's only one choice. That's T20. Well, you know, marketing executive, they get and they're going to one go, till. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to go through a middle person. You know, you got to. That's uh, the whole point of this business. Some mortar stuff. You cut out those middlemen, and you can get free returns. You don't like it. Yes, yeah. free return because it's All an online good. business. So online that's, business. that's a great part of it. You can try the bat twenty eight days, mm. no good. Send it back. Good. Return free returns. That's yep. good. That's good gear. That's really and the gear is good. And the gear is good. Yeah, yeah indeed. Um, so that's T twenty stars. There's bats. There's equipment. It's everything you want, the whole and thing. you're going to get really good performance out of it. And it's going to be way more affordable. T twenty stars dot com. Here he is, Tim Bresnan. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. 
Like, maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Okay, 142 matches for England, 205 wickets. Uh, this guy was one of the chief destroyers in England's last Ashes success out here. Uh, years earlier, as he's told us a little while ago, he famously brushed Steve Smith's request to play at Yorkshire by giving him gloves and saying that's all you'll get. Crick uh, <laughs> Info describes him as having an impressive hold on reality and a healthy suspicion of fads and fancies. And he joins us today uh, after I think he tried to rinse us online a few days ago after England knocked Australia out. Um, well, not quite out yet, but pretty much <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, it's Tim Bresnan, Brezzy lad. Good morning. Morning. How are you? I know it's evening for you guys, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but well, yeah, we'll yeah. just sort of try and put ourselves in your shoes there. Um, right, okay, so, yeah, so, sorry. Yeah, so... <laughs> You've dropped the like, kids like on Twitter when I tried to put myself in your shoes when it was evening for me, but I said, you're going to be crying into your Nutri-Grain, which I know you all eat because you're Australian and you love being, what is it? A triathlete. Yeah. yeah. It's, our, it. it's our national breakfast, Nutri-Grain. That's right. Correct. Well, it, was very, it was very thoughtful of you when you try to rinse us to do at least a time zone swap, you know? You yes. had a couple of beers, we're eating Nutri-Grain. Well, we, yeah, we I talked to you this many, morning. Many, many beers. <laughs> we talk, you've just dropped the kids off at school. You've obviously lined up on YouTube now on your camera. You've got your England cap behind you there, just on top of a verve click um, near the Tim Bresnan bar, which we're going to ask you about later. But before we get into that, Brezzy, um, everyone knows the score between England and Australia on Saturday night. Um, but the pain for Australia was deeper than just a straight loss on the scoreboard. You know, what did you see? You know, beyond the score. What, what, as an international cricketer, what were you seeing in that match? Um, domination. A statement. Like, a statement of domination. This is this is what we're going to do. Like, you're one of the good teams. We're just going to get our big dicks out and swing them. <laughs> That's what I saw. BDE, big dick energy. That was that right there. Um, Brez, you um you beat Australia in the final of the 2010 uh, T20 World Cup in was that, that in Bridgetown? That's correct. The, the final was in Bridgetown. Yeah, it was. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you played in the final, none for 35 or four, and a DNB. Uh, unlucky not to get man of the match in that game, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, <laughs> did you? Um... How many World Cup finals have you played? In, mate? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, this is my show. It come on my fucking show. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, I want to ask you, Brez. Like, do, did you uh, did you appreciate at the time, like how how big a how big an achievement that was? I mean, like the it, I think that might have been been the second or third T Twenty World Cup. Um, so it was like relatively new days for international T Twenties. Now eleven years ago, yeah. but did you realize like how like big a deal that was then? Yeah, we did. Um, and we celebrated accordingly. Uh, it's the first ICC tournament that England have ever won. So yeah, we did, we we appreciated how big it was, and again, beating Australia is always nice in anything. Um, but yeah, it's 
it was brilliant. Um, we did we did appreciate how big it was. Mm. And, and yeah. would it be fair to say that that win was also um, built on the back of what you call BDE, Big Dick Energy? Would that would that be fair? Yeah, we we swung them. <laughs> uh, I, I just think that was the start of um, the way we we went about our cricket for the next sort of well up until now and they've only got better the lads um, you know Paul Collingwood has got a lot to do with that um, he you know he made sure that we went out and took the opposition on um, whatever it is you wanted to do there was no comeback basically you wanted to take, take a particular bowler down and he, he, he led that from the front um, in that final especially he said he went out back and he was like I fancy a bit of water and he took him down um, just whacked him everywhere it was, it was just good to see but we did that the whole tournament and they've been doing that ever since um, and you can see the way the, the brand of cricket that England are playing now is just it's frightening really isn't it frightening it is. It is. They're, they're playing some sensational cricket. Owen Morgan was batting in the middle order again for your for your team who won it 11 years yeah. ago as well. So there's no doubt that he's sort of taken what he learned from that team. Um, oh, massively. Can, can, we, can we talk about the celebrations, what you guys did that night in Bridgetown? Cannot remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went to a place called Harbour Lights. Yeah. Um, and Dwight York and Brian Lara were there. Oh, that's all I can like. Literally, that's as much as I can remember. Um, but yeah, it was. It, yeah, it must have been good. <laughs> you you wouldn't have given Dwight York a lot of time as a Leeds fan just for sort of tribal reasons. I would have thought. Yeah. No, I can't remember speaking to him. To be honest, I can't. To be honest, I was probably I was probably too scared of Brian Lara. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can we can we talk about can we talk about um, oh, Pez just jumped off, but can, can we can oh, we talk about um, can we talk about uh, Owen Morgan's role in that team in back in twenty ten? And as I said before, he was obviously picked up so much, but was was he was he a quiet guy back then? He obviously just transferred across into um, um, from from Ireland's, but uh, you know what do you remember from Owen back then? Yeah, pretty quiet. Uh, just got on with his role. Um, obviously, we all had very very specific roles, which is another reason why. Um, we were successful, but uh, yeah, Morgs just he'd, he'd go out and bat sort of five six, um, play his little like sweeps and and dabs and you know scoops and all that sort of stuff before it was cool, um, and and yeah, just uh, whack the odd one for six and and that, and that was just Morgs really like decent fielder, didn't really say too much, but obviously. Is is grown in stature massively as a as a human and as a captain and as a as a man, mm. um, and now he's just leading from the front whatever he does, which is you know he's captaining IPL teams, um, you know obviously World World Cup teams, England, he's probably up there with now with most. What is he? Uh, he's got a couple to go before he he takes over. Donny as um, leading captain in in. T20 international history. So, you know, what a man. <laughs> I love him. One above him. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just move away from T20 cricket to the ashes. Um, yeah. 
Brezzy, you've, you've tasted success in Australia. Uh, firstly, what is that taste specifically? But also, um, given Australia don't really play test cricket anymore, and um, when they do, they're pretty middling. Like, Do you, do you think all of this goading that it's going to be 5-0 to Australia is a little bit cocky? Who's, who's goading? Oh, there's, a fair few, there's a fair few people around these parts who are just sort of suggesting that you won't get a game. You won't win one. Really? Mm. You haven't heard that? That's interesting. That is interesting. Who's giving it that? Is that Glenn McGregor? <laughs> well, Michael Vaughan did. Yeah, uh, himself, that's true. So. What, he said, he said that Australia win 5-0? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's he's obviously trying to get a TV gig in Australia, isn't he? For the old comms. <laughs> <laughs> and it's worked. <laughs> Has it? Is he on yeah. the Fox, is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So what's your prediction? I think England will go all right. I, I don't think it'll be five nil. Uh, Aussies are obviously, you know, in their own backyard, difficult to beat. Um, but obviously, England have just announced mank drop, announced Stokes. So <laughs> that's a massive. Uh, it's it's. I'm not saying he's going to win it on his own, but he's certainly capable, mm. as we've already seen. He's won an Ashes test on his own anyway, already. Headingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, one one man who won't be yeah, coming out, it seems like anyway, it seems like anyway, is is Jofra. Um, and I know yeah. you've had a conversation with, with Jofra, and uh I, I read a quote from him saying uh Tim Bresnan had a similar problem referring to his elbow injury, and we spoke yeah. about the issue issue, which made me a bit nervous, I must admit. So you've obviously scared Joffrey into not coming to the Ashes, and we can blame mm. we can blame Tim Bresnan for for mm. him not being here. What did what you say to make him so yeah, nervous? What would you say? What just to make him so nervous? You, you mean you mean you're not saying blame me into not like you mean to thank me? That is <laughs> that is the yeah. It's a it's a thank you, not a, a, a blame me. Thanks, Bres. Um, what I say to him? Ah, oh, it's difficult. This one. <laughs> That's why? It. Why? What did you say? I, I didn't. I just I spoke about my own experience, right? Um, and I basically said I've had what have I? I'm like four surgeries deep on my elbow now, and um, since the first one, it's never been the same. Mm. So I went from bowling, I don't know, eighty uh, high eighties, like into the nineties to very low eighties. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I can't straight. I still can't straighten it. Really? Yeah. Oh well, you may. Have I, I, bought, I, bought I definitely tri- had to diversify my game. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that, Brezza, like when people talk about the 2010 Ashes, especially the bowling, like your your name is often among the first mentioned. Uh, you averaged under 20 key wickets big shoulders with short sleeves, maybe deliberately short sleeves for pipes mm. purposes, but like yeah, kind of bouldering nice in. Yeah, no, no, don't you shake your head, but that's true. Um, and like they, they sort of say that like England needs raw pace to win. Uh, in 2010, you guys had some wheels, but it wasn't like yeah. frightening wheels with respect. Uh, yeah. And you dusted it, you dusted us pretty comfortably. So like if it's not wheels, mm. what, what's the secret to beating Australia in Australia with the ball? Uh, relentless accuracy. I'd say. Um, it's the, I mean, we had enough wheels, 
mm. like in, just enough. Um, I mean, we did a what did I do? I did like a a, a look back like uh, three or four days ago with uh, Chris Tremlett. First time I've seen him in probably eight nine years. Um, he's 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 got the pipes now. Hey, we tried to get him on the yeah. show like four times. He says he's yeah. going to come on, but he's he's yeah. avoided it so far. Yeah, really. Yeah, mate, he's a rooster now, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's just relentless accuracy, mate. Um, you just didn't give him anything to, you know. Aussies like to score, like to score quickly. Um, if they're not scoring, then you know, you make them come to you almost. Mm. Um, and I think that's what we did. We we did that very very well actually during that that series, and we had Swanee as well. It was bowling phenomenally, so he, he could wheel away from one end. Going for no runs, we're talking like one, one and a half and over. Um, picking up the odd pole, and then the lads, you know, the seamers from the other end. Mm. I mean, that's when he got a ball because he didn't at Melbourne, did he? On Boxing Day, um, <laughs> I thought you guys got to be lucky that series. I think you won a few tosses, and it's sort of, yeah. it sort of could have gone either way. I mean, sure, you won three games by an innings, but I thought, I thought it was, I, I think, I think luck played a fair bit of factor yeah, in that series in particular. Yeah, it's like the World Must Cup. Have yeah. Must have done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had to have done. <laughs> Brez, we're, we're talking about the 2010 Ashes, and I know you've had um, a bit of time on your hands in lockdown, and we'll just, uh, just before we jumped on, we pressed record, we'll uh, seeing your bar that you've got where you're sitting in the moment, and there's there's quite a collection of stumps you've got there. Do you want to, do you want to walk us through a couple? Uh, yeah, I can do. Uh, hang on, I'm going to have to pick you up here. Uh Sorry if you're not watching on YouTube. Oh, we get the gist. Look at this. Oh, there's. I'm going to set the floor. Can you see? Yeah, got oh, it. Oh, yeah. Now so we're that... talking. So, what are we looking at? So, this is the old uh, bar. Yeah. That I built in lockdown. Um, and that's a, that's his ICC Champions Trophy on it. So, that must be from there. This is. That's. Looks like it's Indian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Judging by the mud on the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's from 2010, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, nice. That's you, nice. Do you know, uh, yeah. Sometimes the kids play with these, like, play sword fights. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, that's got a bit of MCG, uh, MCG mud on the bottom. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Um, that's that's actually from my. What's that from? That's from the first championship win. Oh yeah, uh, nice one of so three. Shield, huh? Your shield, basically. So we won the shield. No, you call it a shield. It's a, it's a shield. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always wondered that, to be honest. It's done me. Um, <laughs> Do you have any from grade cricket when you played for Sutherland? Yeah, anything from twos or PGs or yeah, PGs yeah, this or might be one. <laughs> <laughs> around the corner as well. Right. Yeah. Is that one from? Uh... Oh, Carlton. No, no, it's it's probably a one days. From... Yeah, that's one day series. Yeah, um, <laughs> that we won as well in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Did James oh, Faulkner that's... sign that one from your last over at the Gabba that time? <laughs> Jesus. Wow. 
sorry. Sorry, Briz. I'm sorry. Mate, you just have to get dig in, don't you? <laughs> I was rich coming from you. This is um that's this year's champo stump. Yeah, nice. Uh, congrats. Yeah. I need to drill a new hole in the bar. Mm. Yeah. Fuck. First world problems, eh, lad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a sensational collection. Mm. Yeah, it is a good collection. Yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna move it like when we move, but yeah. Good. Nice one. That's a little trip down memory lane. I enjoyed it. I was going to ask, you're 36 and you still play cricket. Like, what is it about the game that you like? Um, it keeps me young. Yeah. Mm. It keeps me young. Obviously, like, pretty much everyone I play with at, um, at Warwickshire is younger. Mm. And, um, it, yeah, it keeps me young. I, I don't. I don't feel my age when I'm on the field, um, but I do in, in pre-season. Mm. I feel my age massively. Um, I just, I'm running out of pre-seasons. I think, yeah. like, like mentally getting through the pre-season when it's freezing cold, dark. You're like doing sprints on some astroturf, and your water bottle is like your water in your water bottle's freezing up. Like, it's mm. just no fun. No. Does I mean, part of you that pre-season like Australia sounds sounds good. Does, does it? Over but you might still grim. think like it, it keeps your rig in in you know tight enough shape as well, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Um, yeah. I mean, my rig is years, awful at the minute. Awful. <laughs> just about twenty years now, Brez playing professional cricket in England, yep. and and obviously some famous some some fond memories down in Sutherland as well in Sydney, but. I mean, you've just done the double for the Bears. You've won yep. the championship three times. 36 years old. Are you going to go around again? Is there, is there more to win? Uh, yeah, I, I, I still want a, a, 20, a T20. Probably a plate. It's not a shield, is it? Like you lads would call it a shield, but it's, just, it's more of a plate. <laughs> uh, or trophy. Yeah, the T20 would be nice. Okay. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I, I am going around again because I, I promised the coach or the director of cricket that I would as soon as I walked off after the championship win. He asked me, he said, don't you dare retire. <laughs> that's, that's a great so compliment. It would be a really nice time to go, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair income. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he, he said, "Don't you dare retire!" And I was like, "Man, I got, I got another one in me." <laughs> but that'll be me, I think. One more, one more, one, one more, one more. Yeah, one more. President says one more. Well, uh, he goes. Anything else from you? No, nothing from me, mate. Figured I may as well. I thought ask, we wanted to it? talk about. We haven't even talked about the game. That's the reason you got me on. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the game where England demolished Australia deeply? Deep. It was mm. deep, wasn't it? Mm. Deep in the anus. <laughs> 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 you, 
You know, I think we've amassed like a lot of a, like a bigger audience since we last spoke, and I think some people are going to be quite um, jarred by the rhythm of this yeah. conversation. Confused, though I'm not. It's a it's just a good it's a good dry conversation, isn't it? You must have uh, you must have got a few because I, I got a lot of tweets um, asking me about the Joel Wilson Institute, <laughs> like, and I completely forgot about that to be honest. <laughs> well, do you want to shed some light on, on what the, the Joe Wilson Institute is? Yeah. I honestly can't remember. Like, I think uh, it must have been Higo who uh, named it. No. It was, after, no. it was after Headingley and it was after um, Nathan Lyon had Stokes out LBW, but they'd burned all their reviews and Joe Wilson yeah. gave it not out, the most out yeah. thing it's ever been in the history of the game. And then, then, and then you said... Um, you said that you were going to set up a call center and call it the Joe Wilson Institute <laughs> to, <laughs> for right. Australians, for Australians to, um, for Australians to, uh, you know, grieve. Mm, uh, yeah. So you were very forward thinking in that regard, caring for Australians, which is what Tim Breslin does the most. I just care for everyone, man. Care yeah, for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Just a caring person. I reckon that the Joe Wilson Institute is probably getting government funding right now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I, I mean given given there's no actual convention to this interview anymore do either of you no. have anything else you'd like to say otherwise i'll close it <laughs> you just want to get off and get on the beers don't you you got a free you just got a free <laughs> something like that uh t- tim breson thanks so much great to go around again brother <laughs> thank you very much to brezzy lad all right pez hashtag ask tgc here we are we've made it for another week david mccaskill you spoke about who really enjoys cricket in the last episode. Not sure when this was. And I want to make the case that you don't really enjoy cricket per se, but you enjoy just enough moments to keep you coming back. It's not even about winning or losing. It's like nailing a perfect shot off the tee in a game of golf and riding that high for long enough to deal with the fact that you shot 117 and 18 holes. Case in point was a game I played in last season where I had several distinct moments of enjoyment in an otherwise heavy loss. I'm sure you and the listeners who have played club or grade cricket will find them relatable. For reference, I'm now a 35-year-old obese bloke who has retired from cricket, allegedly, for the final time. Last season, I was merely a 34-year-old obese bloke dragging myself through the dying days of my 17-year club career in Wellington's Premier Reserve grade here in... Oh, so Wellington's Premier Reserve grade here in New Zealand. That's an oxymoron. How can something be Premier Reserve? Yeah. Skeletons, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Dave right, uh, continues. Dave, yeah, Dave. Dave writes in. says, uh, our captain won the toss and bowled first, despite batting conditions being about as good as they're ever going to be on our undulating rugby grounds, where the crease marks are the only clue as to where the pitch is located. You can see why we barely bat an eyelid over here when the base reserve looks a bit green for a test match because to us it looks like an absolute road. The enjoyment started early. Before the game started, our two-metre-tall 130k top order bat announced that he had forgotten his playing pants and didn't have any training kit either. 
as some of the boys swapped kits around to find a pair that might come close to fitting this behemoth, I thought about how much everyone was going to enjoy bringing up this moment for the rest of the season. How good is cricket? Even better when the captain had to spend the rest of the game in his training pants because we didn't have any playing kit spare. Fucking village. But he works for a flash consultancy downtown, turns up training, uh, turns up to training in a suit and gives great rev-ups before the game, so his position is not in question. My next moment of enjoyment, I'm opening the bowling. I know you guys probably aren't big on New Zealand cricketers, but try and imagine Craig McMillan's mediums if he was carrying 15 more kilos and had an awkward two-armed action like Hamish Bennett. Wouldn't mind bowling like Craig McMillan, to be honest. Hamish Bennett is a name I'm not familiar with. All right. Good. Okay. (laughs) He played 107 tests for New Zealand and he averaged seven. Uh, I really had no business opening the bowling at this level, but the club had lost a few rep bowlers in the off-season, so here I was. I bowl the first ball of the game in the batsman's shoulders arms, only to turn and see his off-stump on a 45-degree angle. I sprint down the wicket, screaming something incomprehensible to the slip fielders about injecting that into my fucking veins as all the boys converge on me. Fair to say I was enjoying cricket at that moment and for several minutes afterwards, as I imagined ripping through the rest of the top order, top order from the top of my mark. It was wasn't to be. The opposition would recover from this slight setback to put up 402 for three in their 50 overs. Fucking hell. With the other opener scoring 202 red ink and another bloke caught uh, getting caught on the boundary for 99. Bet his day was ruined. The next moment of enjoyment came when I wandered out to bat with a score on 98 for 9 during the chase, needing 10 and over off the last 30 to win the game. No, we obviously didn't get close, but myself and the number 10 managed to combine for more runs off the bat than the rest of the order combined and made sure to let them know about it afterwards. I finished 18 not out. Not quite a centre and a loss, but it's a great feeling as a tail ender to outscore the supposed real batsman, even if I did have to wear a batting for the average fine afterwards i was clearly on for a 50 if my mate had stuck around <sighs> my innings was also even more enjoyable because of a stray dog that was running around <laughs> our field Fuck and we up. couldn't get rid of for most of my innings she wandered around in the cover region occasionally going for a sip of water from a sprinkler box in our outfield that had filled with water eventually she settled down for a sleep next to gully and we just shrugged and carried on I wasn't in any danger of hitting one through the offside anyway. I obviously thoroughly enjoyed the fine session that day, as well as the beers afterwards. However, my final moment of enjoyment came on the way home when I imagined that that bloke whose day effectively ended at 11.01am, sitting there and watching his mate spend three hours going at eight and over. Fair to say I enjoyed cricket more than him that day, even though his team won by 250 runs. Cheers, boys. Love the show. Dave in Wellington. Thanks, Dave. And there's a really redeeming bit at the end about the way a dog just um, curls up. You brought me back, I gotta say. A gully. Well, yeah, you know, when you say stuff like that, Dave, I think that this isn't a good standard that you're playing. Yeah, it's not, is it? it, You know, you've got a dog sleep. It's a stray dog. Maybe no one's just touched the dog, and that's fine. But uh, sleeping at gullies. It's a rabies issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, old Janess. Yeah. Um, It's old (laughs) HNS. That's really redeeming. The rest of it, Dave, and I just have this is just a. um, It's a reflex. It's a policy, really. When you're going to write a story where you send an off-stump cartwheeling and end in eight, with 18 not out, regardless of losing that amount of runs, mm. and then the finality of it is enjoying that you did better than someone else you, and, and that you bowl like Craig McMillan. Mm. Once again, you just, I mean, we need a name for this when you just essentially like 
essentially compressing all of the good things that you do into a broader story yeah. about something that's meant to look really depressing. And so, yeah. I mean, it's not. You've had a good day. That's a good you, day. You've, you've played probably the best of mm. all of the players in your team. That's, that's right. what you're talking about. I, I, played, I played well mm. in a losing side, yeah, a couple of fines. You know, you're the and the three, two, one, so he gets three points. Yeah, batting for the average. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I was yeah. in. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. I just don't pretend. Yeah, know? come on. Don't pretend. Come on. I, I just... And like it, like you're so right. Call the dog bit out, mate. Because if it's do- if a dog's on the field, mate, you're so right to call that out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just you, so right. Yeah, mate. you just can't be is having this. Something this. I want to say about this, yeah, mate. The, the cock thing is one thing, but you got to call yeah. this kind of stuff <laughs> out. <laughs> you got to call this out, mate. You know, like it's so right, mate. I've played club games where like a club president stands like one centimeter too close to sight screen, yeah. and it's like it's bloody murder. Oh yeah. Mate, can you fuck off? Yeah. Fucking move. Jesus. It's not so much like the... Someone's granddad you're yelling at. It's not so much the way it's being yelled. It's actually all of the like the size and huffing and puffing and body language. Oh, oh, like, oh, oh fuck's sake. Fucking... What the fuck's this? Fuck's I'm sake. not playing in a test match. I thought I was playing in a test match. It's actually fourth grade, but I thought, oh, I feel like I'm, test, I'm wearing test match quality protection. I thought... <laughs> oh, no. Someone call a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do, Pez. Thank you very much to Will McPherson. Thank you very much to Tim Bresnan. Thank you much, very much to all you out there for viewing and listening and all that shit. There's patreon.com uh, and all that shit. Mate, you've got to call that stuff out, mate. What it is. Yeah, whatever the yeah. fuck. Thanks, buddy. You do what you do. Thanks. We do what we do. <laughs> yeah. There's so much coming up. Hey, we're doing a live stream, by the way, for Australia. Bangladesh. That starts at 9 p.m. Melbourne time. You can figure out the rest wherever you are in the world from there. Uh, so join us on YouTube for that. All of our dailies and on Saturday. Patreon. And Saturday for the Australia West Indies game. So that's Saturday. So there could be a couple of uh, dip a few uh, in. Dip, might dip, be. dip, dip a few in. You guys going to dip a few in? Dip a few in there? Fuck that. I don't really know. And I don't want to know if I'm honest. Um, so yeah, it's all happening with TJ. So, so get around us and we in turn, we'll probably get around you or not. I haven't really decided yet. Depends mm. if you write good stories or if there's a dog involved. I'm not sure. All right, I'm getting off. See you guys later. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Pathetic. Fighting like peasants to be number two. <laughs> Eat our crumbs, you peasants. Dance for us. England, there is a reason we kicked you out in 1947. You showed us the stick, and now we beat you with it. We came to your capital, London, and now we own it. London is ours. And Australia, tell me again how Gabba is a fortress. Tell me how no visiting team has won there since the 80s. Gabba is what we call our puppies. We can beat you with our C team. Enjoy the mediocre series, boys. We are in the Asian century now. Thank you. And we will come again.